Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Alex Davey. What's up, gentlemen? Making my triumphant return, lo these many years later. Yeah. Uh, Alex has been on this podcast before, uh, several yeah. times. Yep. But it has been a while. Um, before the dark times before yep. the empire <laughs> yep <laughs> before empire was good and tanks uh couldn't deploy in range one deployment that's <laughs> yep. they still get stuck on barricades but yeah, you know. yeah. um we'll get there one yeah. of these days we will <laughs> and we will get to talking about legion today but of course, Alex is currently the head of miniatures gaming at WizKids now. So is, yeah. did I get your title right? Is that accurate? Nope. It's it, close. It, that was, it was director of miniatures games, but then it changed again. It's now, uh, what the hell is it now? Senior creative lead. It's all oh. made up anyway. Okay. No, you know, it doesn't really matter much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like, what a, I like the new what title though better. It's, it's, Doesn't it it's, sound a little fancier? Yeah, it's it's like yeah. it, the breadth is wider too. So it's yeah. like, well, no, anything creative that comes through, I'm in charge of that now. That's me. Yeah. I'm the head of creativity. Oh, that was That's, a real yeah. creative yeah. idea. That was yeah. mine. Yep. So. Just about like lying in wait and taking credit, really. That's yes. what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Once you move on from doing things, that's yeah. that's the key. The key to success. <laughs> That's what I do at the Fifth Trooper. I just show up for this podcast, take credit for the rest of it. That's, That's it. what they tell me. Yeah. That's what I've heard, Jay. Yeah. Always underselling. Yep. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, do you have any housekeeping before we dive in? No, uh, you know Jay. what? If you if you want to hear more people like Alex Davey come on the podcast, or if you want him to come back, you should you should support us on Patreon. Cause... Or if you want me to go away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever. If, if yeah. half of you want him to go away, support us on Patreon. We'll More make sure half. he never comes comes on again. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Kyle. That's all I got. All right. Well, Alex, why don't, do, you, do you want to tell us about what you've been working on? Yeah. At, uh, well, kinda, I'll bring you up to speed. So, um, God, what has it been? It's probably been about three-ish three and a half-ish years yeah. the old yeah the old pod with y'all the ceo of of WizKids noticed that i was free and and looking for a job and we ended up just sort of chatting uh online for a while and that led to a series of phone calls which led to the job that i currently have which is basically uh creative director at WizKids, mostly overseeing uh, new and exciting miniatures games, uh, but also card games and some other cool stuff in the future. So I've been there for, it'll be two years in March. And it feels like, that that simultaneously feels like a really long time and like no time at all. Like, so it's just, but it, it's very, very interesting because there's, there's definitely like the the like pre-pandemic life that I was leading and the post-pandemic life that I was leading which very, very different because I, I work from home now. I used to go into the office nine to five. Um, so yeah, Isn't it's, it it's been interesting. It's working pretty from, sweet. Yeah, working yeah, from home is the best. 
I'm really out of shape now though, because I used to bike to work and it was about an eight mile ride and I could dependably get two or three of those in a week. And now I have to like, just do it. It's less. Listen, there's a cost to everything, man. <laughs> it's, it's very different when you're like, I need to just go on a bike ride. Yeah. Like, I, I need no to get up from my chair, which I'm currently sitting comfortably in. Yeah. yeah. So comfortable. I so I made the mistake. I bought a really comfortable chair. It's hard to leave. You know how it is. Yep. <laughs> Boy, do no, I. The, the, the job is good. I'm, I'm digging that. And uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of at the point because there's, there's such a long lead time in this industry when you're working on projects. We're at the point where stuff that I've done for WizKids is going to start hitting the market. So that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Um, and it'll be kind of fun now that I've got, you know, a year and a half's worth of stuff in the can. It'll be cool to see that start trickling out into the, into the world. Um, I almost had an uninterrupted stream of products, but not quite because mm. I think the last thing I worked on for Legion came out like seven or eight months ago. So there was a little gap. There was a little gap there, but not yeah, but that's okay. Long. It got us ready. It got us <laughs> ready right. for the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have been kind of um, teasing Onslaught here and there and, and talking about its release. I've been, uh, Kyle shows the box on the screen for those of you listening. And uh, yeah, I've been really excited about this game. Uh, you know, uh, it just looked super interesting to me and um, I'm I'm excited to hear it. And so now this this was designed by Nicholas Yu and Travis Severance, right? And then, and yeah. then brought to WizKids for continued development, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So basically the history of this game and, and one of the big differences between uh, WizKids and my former home at Fantasy Flight is that Fantasy Flight pretty much did all design in-house. Like mm. we had a, a stable of full-time designers and developers and everything with some exceptions. I mean, occasionally we would like publish an outside thing, but that was sort of the exception rather than the rule. Uh, for the most part, it was all content being generated in-house. And uh, WizKids is very different. We use contractors for like almost everything. The board game department, I think, is almost exclusively contractors. So this is a game that um, was sort of midstream when I joined the company um, and had been, you know, approved and, and sort of ushered through its initial stages. The, the core design was finished um, and... I basically just took a look at it and spent a bunch of time tuning it up, like um, tweaking things here and there, uh, just doing the sort of editorial work that a creative director does, getting art assets, getting map design, getting all of that, all that fun stuff together, um, which was pretty interesting because I had sort of been adjacent to all of that in my previous role, but not mm. having to, to really do any of it. So um, all of a sudden I had to sort of be an art director and be a sculpting manager and, and uh, you know, all of the little kind of managerial things that um, in the past would have been done by other people were kind of uh, falling on me. But um, I honestly couldn't have asked for a better project to start with because uh, the game is really cool. And like the first time I read through it and got it on the table, like I knew that it was going to be something special. So I got pretty lucky, I think, to get hooked up with um, people as talented and 
as easy to work with as Nick and Travis, because it's been a very nice collaborative working relationship thus far. Yeah, I, I would say I haven't met Travis yet, but I've met Nick and he might be one of the nicest guys I've ever met. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. like every time I'm like, man, this guy is so nice. Like it's just because uh, I am not that nice and so it just you know he's like my like the anti-j and i just like oh wow this guy's <laughs> i must destroy him no he's he's uh he's he's a great guy and uh, yeah he's a total sweetheart and very excited about the game and like you know the couple times i've seen him uh he's just like always watching people play the game and just like really like I love I love seeing that in a developer, like someone that's just obsessed with their own game. You know that like something good is going to come out of that because, you know, it, it, the passion behind that is just so great. Yeah, I, I, he he uh, he reminds me a lot of of the way that I was plugged in when I was like really in the thick of like X-Wing development, like just mm -hmm. making ship after ship and just being very excited to do that every, every wave. Um, and yeah. And it's, it's funny, like Nick, Nick is, is definitely a sweetheart and Travis is a little saltier. Like yeah. he's a great guy, but like he will tell you exactly how he feels and what he thinks. So it's, it's, a, it's an, it's a good pairing, I think, yeah. uh, because he's the one who will challenge you on stuff. And a lot of times he's really right. And you're like, yeah, okay. I'm glad you pushed back on that because you have a better idea than we do. And, yeah. and you know, that I think that's important too. Like you are, you always want someone who is going to fight for what they think is the right way to go. Um, even if that is not necessarily where you end up, it's at least something that you uh, can adjust for and like get that valuable perspective into the mix. Yeah. Well, I think having people all come from different perspectives, but all you, you're all going for the same goal, which is to make the best game that you possibly can make, right? So as long as everyone has that same goal at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how they approach it, right? It's just the fact that we're all trying to make the best game. I think that's that's great. Yeah, and it's, I think that's a pretty crucial attitude to have, um, but also to be, you know, to be willing to be flexible about cost and budget and all that fun, fun, not so fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> I hate that stuff. Budget, worst word ever. Um, Margins, yes. business. That's minor details. Like, you need to worry about that stuff. Kyle, Kyle loves his numbers. I hate numbers. Uh, so, okay. So, what did numbers do to you? Did they munch you? Yeah, I just. Uh, they, yeah, they munch me all the time. Alex. Back in the 80s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was such a good game. It's a great game. Number munchers, man. Yeah. I think that I think that is responsible for some some uh mathematicians and accountants uh today. <laughs> Kyle. We gotta start number munchers with the gateway yep. drug. Yep. Um okay, so so I think I've probably done a poor uh path to describing this game so i'll have you go ahead tell tell our listeners uh a little bit about dungeons and dragons onslaught and and kind of what they can expect in a game yeah I'll, I'll try to do just sort of the the top you know bird's eye view summary of it it's basically a player versus player versus uh monster game in which each player controls a party of uh five adventurers from one of the Forgotten Realms factions. And the way that every mission is set up is that you will have your five characters, the your opponent will have their five characters. Um, each character has a different role. 
So it's kind of like a MOBA in that respect where you've got a, a healer or a, you know, a range damage character or a Vanguard tank type character. Um, so everybody ha has a different role and you can't double up on the same role. So you're going to sort of automatically have a diverse party. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very objective oriented. It's, it's very like, um, there, there are death matches, of course, but most of the missions are about going out and claiming specific objectives, holding off the enemy party and trying to sort of use the wandering monsters uh, to your advantage. If you can kind of funnel them towards the enemy or dispatch them quickly. They're just a, they're both an obstacle, but also sort of a strategic tool yeah. that you can use. So it's a skirmish game. It is, it's a competitive game, um, but it's really light. There's not a lot of, well, there's basically no list building and most of your decisions happen uh, in the game. And there's a lot of sort of controlled randomness. There's, there's treasures that you can loot and the items that you pull out of the chest can really change your strategy there's level up abilities. Each character can gain a level in the middle of battle. Um, and the initiative card system is really interesting. So the sort of sum of all of these different parts uh, is a game that is much more strategically loaded towards the middle of the game rather than the pregame. Uh, I mean, I think Legion has a lot of turn zero stuff. There's a lot of, you know, list versus list um, analysis and, and strategy. And, and a lot of the times you can kind of know what you're doing from the moment you deploy your first miniature. This game, you really don't know what's gonna happen until you start opening chests and, and sort of see what, you know, what occurs. And I think that leads to a lot of, um, you have to be very tactically flexible to be good at the game. You can't have any sort of preconditioned ideas and, and whatever your opening strategy is, you have to be prepared to change it, which is, I think, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, and to that point, like when you're selecting your characters uh, for this for the scenario, you know, like you're bringing them in, but you really don't know what the scenario is going to be. So you're just like, I think these guys work well together, but I, I got to be careful and just like make sure I've got, you know, a wide variety in case something crazy happens. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts, I think, is is the the you you know you were talking about the monsters and there's this weird i call it an ai system but it, it it's kind of an ai system where the monsters go on a certain timing and they do what they're supposed to do but you can manipulate the situation as your as your party so that they do go after your opponent or you know or make sure you're far enough away so they're not coming towards you and i really liked that part of the game and oh kyle's got one of the miniatures yeah that's one of the gnolls uh but yeah and and man it's so cool and and i think even though you know that you have to fight your opponent and the monsters that get the chest like you said you, you still don't really know what's going to happen in the game and that's uh, that's one of my favorite parts so well and the, the variety of monsters is huge too because it is a you know it is a dnd game um so you have everything from lowly kobolds to extremely impactful things like Ettons and trolls, young black dragons. Something dragon. that's gonna yeah. Yeah, the dragon, of course. That's gonna really dominate the scenario that they're in. And and the dragon is actually capable of totally party wiping two full parties. So when you end up fighting the dragon in the finale, there's a really interesting um dynamic in which you are you're still trying to win. You're still trying to do better than your opponent. But if you spend all your time just fighting the enemy party it's entirely possible that the dragon can win the entire campaign. 
which I think is a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the AI system is cool. Like it's, it's, um, it's very much like a sort of a computer code, like this monster will do this, but whenever there's sort of a choice between two valid targets, like if the monster says something like move towards the closest character as their initial AI system, um, that works up until the point that there are multiple characters that are, you know, equidistant. And that is when the human control kicks in, which I think yeah. is the, the key to the system. Um, when you have a tie for choice, the non-active player gets to choose. So you end up going and that the, the active player alternates back and forth every round. So you sort of end up having more control over what the monsters will do every other round. So you can kind of direct them towards what you want them to be doing. And, and a lot of times you can kind of kite them around. Um, there's a lot of similarities between um, Onslaught and something like a World of Warcraft raid where you're trying to like pull the monsters in the right direction and get everybody in the right place and have all the right roles. Um, but the the X factor, of course, is that the other player is trying to do the same thing to you. So that this, you've got that competitive side of things, which I think is... Um, it's it's very much like a dungeon crawl game, like something like Descent or you know Gloomhaven or something like that. But instead of just fighting AI monsters, you're fighting another human being and AI monsters. And I, I haven't really seen a lot of that yeah. um, out there, and so I think it's it's quite unique in that regard. Yeah, because I, you know, in the games that I've played, um, it it becomes it it can switch like turn to turn like sometimes you're like all right I'm going to I'm going to fight my opponent and I I'm going to try to go at him and then other times you're like oh god we're going to have to like do this together cuz if we don't like this whole side of the board's going to get wiped by like this troll or something you know and so it's just a really interesting strategic dynamic where legion or morse games it's just like okay here's my objectives I just I have to beat my opponent and this one's like okay I need to get this objective I think I'm going to have to team up with him for a little or her for a little while to, in order to make this happen. Uh, Cause otherwise we're both going to die uh, right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you end up fighting the same monsters kind of working sort of together, sort of against one another. Uh, when the, when the monster is threatening enough, they end up drawing a lot of fire, even though they're, they're technically neutral. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of fun. And of course, a lot of the scenarios are designed, with this kind of boss encounter idea in mind and you actually get victory points for doing damage to the monsters. There's other sort of ways to encourage you to yeah. um, engage the monsters as well as the enemy party, but you can always ignore that and just go for the throat, which is also fun. I've definitely <laughs> seen that many times. Like, you know what? I'm not worried about this monster. I'm just going to go for taking out all your characters and then that's how I'm going to try to win. So yeah. Um, it's a lot of, uh, you can play the same mission a lot and, and it can go very, very differently every time you play. Yeah, for sure. And, and like the, the combinations of the player, of the, not the players, the characters and who's next to who and who's out front. Because if for anyone who's played D&D, it's very much in that same vein where you have like your paladin or your cleric who's going to be tanking and you put them out front and then your healers holding back because she's got to, you know, again, like World of Warcraft, like raids, right? Like, okay, I'm a healer. I got to hold back and just heal up the team. And uh, that dynamic from D&D &D is in there. And, and the way I've been telling everybody, I go, it's like, you play D&D? &D? Yeah. Okay. You know how the battles take forever and they take like four sessions? Yeah. Okay. This is just that, but sped up 
to like 90 minutes or 70 minutes or what, you know, depending on how long, but yeah, it's, it's all that great stuff from, and all those cool feats and, and powers and everything from Dungeons and Dragons, but you could play it in a small, a smaller time frame and, and, you know, get through it quickly, which is, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that Nick intended from the get go. I, I remember in some of our earliest meetings, he was talking about this being, a game for D&D combat enthusiasts that you can kind of play either in between sessions or like before a session really gets going. Um, he really did try to make this very sort of bite-sized tactical experience. And it, it, it reminds me of a lot of things. It reminds me of you know, Final Fantasy Tactics or any of those kind of, uh, you know, XCOM, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think at its heart, it is really kind of a love letter to D&D and it's pulling ideas from all kinds of different editions, including fourth edition, which was essentially a minis game uh, yeah. on its own, um, but obviously didn't didn't really connect with D&D players specifically. But there was a lot of great tactical stuff in there that Nick was able to sort of draw inspiration from and apply to this game because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's grid based combat and movement and a lot of very familiar yeah. stuff like fireball and you know, burning hands and charm yes. monster and all, all this, all the, the sort of iconic spells are, are there and, and abilities and, and that kind of thing. So it really does feel, it's not exactly D and D combat, but it's, it feels right. If, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it. Yeah. And I think if you've played D and D or a, a similar RPG that you could, um, you you instantly know what's going on. Like you can read mm -hmm. the card to your characters, like you said, burning hands or you know, uh, fireball, or, and you're like, oh yeah, 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 and you know, and you you just you know what it's gonna do, uh, or or roundabouts, right? Which is really nice. And uh, you were mentioning the minis, and I really wanted to bring this up because this is one of my favorite parts about this is all the minis are painted. <laughs> and yeah. ready to go <laughs> so yep. kyle's got one on the screen right now and we actually have an unboxing on our youtube channel if you want to watch it uh but yeah they're all painted and ready to go which is amazing but there's also something really cool that you guys are doing i don't know if you want to talk about what people can do with the minis if they so yeah. choose yeah well yeah I, I think that's a really good point and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up um, because I would have been really remiss had I not mentioned the fact that everything is just done. You just open yeah. the box and, and the minis are painted. They are assembled. The cards are assembled. So like you don't even have to put the dials together, really. Mm -hmm. Like you, you really can just open the box and, and go. Yeah. So to my mind, it's a really great sort of supplemental minis game, right? Like, like I'm, of course, uh, deep into the hobby side of things. I like to paint. I like hard plastic. I like all that stuff. Um, but Onslaught's great because, man, I have so many projects and they are just sort of piled up. I will probably spend another, it'll be 10 years before I clear off everything I want to do. <laughs> so the fact that Onslaught is just ready to go is just, it's a cool thing I can play and I don't have to worry about getting it ready for the table. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing. I, I just put together, um, like 10, uh, Lucidian Star Strider minis for for Games Workshop, and I was just going to throw them together for like a little kill team game this weekend, and it took me like eight hours. I was like, I forgot, yeah, you know? yeah. Especially if you're obsessed with getting all the mold lines off and yep. like, you know yep. being really careful, like it takes freaking forever. Yeah, and so that that's one of the nice things about Onslaught. Now, if you do want to 
bring it on the hobby front, there are legal proxies that you can employ. Like you can go and you can buy the frameworks miniatures if you really want to paint and you want to paint hard plastic. Um, you can swap out any of the pre-painted sort of soft bendy plastic guys for a proper on sprue type miniature. So there's definitely opportunities for uh, painting and hobbying. And that's going to be some stuff that we sort of support officially in events and tournaments and stuff. But most people are probably just going to be very, very happy that it's already finished for yeah. them, <laughs> including me. <laughs> Eventually well, I'll paint some onslaught, but like for the first probably year or so, I'm going to be yeah. very happy that I can just open a box. Well, and from an accessibility perspective, um, as someone who will eventually be trying to get my kids into miniatures gaming when they're old enough, I really appreciate the pre-painted soft plastic thing. I opened this box, uh, this onslaught box. And of course, the first thing that grabs your eye is like the dragon, right? Um which you do technically have to assemble because the wings are not on. That is <laughs> true. That's, the wings were not the, fit in the box. Yeah, there is some assembly required. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's literally just like push fit. Yeah, I mean, I think it took three seconds. Um, but I pulled this dragon out of this box. My kids are both like, "Wow, what is that? Is that a dragon?" And I'm like, "Yes, it is." And they're like, "Can we play with it?" <laughs> and I look at it, and like ordinarily, my answer would automatically be like, "No." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I, I'm I'm like holding this thing in my hand, and I'm like you know what, this thing looks pretty durable. Like, this is yeah. a really nice, detailed, like, pre-painted miniature, but, like, yeah, here, go ahead. You know, play with it. Like, yeah. don't, like, throw it at the wall or anything, but, you know, like, if you want to, like, zoom it around, sure, go nuts. Like, you know, you it's... You have a... to work pretty hard to chip or rub off the paint on these things because yeah. of the process that gets used. Like, you you can very much just sort of throw them in a shoebox and they'll probably be fine for the most part, yeah. which is, yeah, again, there's sort of the, that minis gamer part of me that cringes at that thought, but it's pretty nice. Yeah. It's pretty nice if you've just, you know, you don't have to worry about magnetizing them or like pluck foam or any of that stuff. They, they hold up to a fair amount of abuse. Yeah. Trust me. I dropped one and stepped on it and it was fine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right. Like, uh, the Schlansky no. stress test. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I'm We're going to send you every mini we make for you to step on. Please. That's, just yeah. make sure that it holds up. That's what we do with our game, the game uplink software. The developers just go, okay, Jay, break it. And I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I love the whole, the whole proxy list idea, because one of the things outside of like being able to hobby your own, I was thinking was, you know, whiz kids for years and years and years have been doing these minis. I've used them in D and D games. Like we've all done that. Right. Let's say you have a cleric that you've been using in your minis games and you want to bring them into onslaught well there's a very solid chance that that minis from WizKids could be in the proxy list you know there's a there's a good chance of that and so you could actually play your own cleric from your D campaign in onslaught which i think was kind of a cool like it's a cool crossover piece i you know for people who are playing D D a lot I thought. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, obviously on a casual level, you can use whatever mini you want, but for tournaments and stuff, we, we tried to curate a little list of stuff that was recognizably that character, potentially that character, so that when you, uh, you know, put together a team of alternative miniatures, they're not going to look totally confusing to the opponent. So, um, but within that kind of curated list, there's a lot of options like WizKids, one of the th amazing things that I learned when I joined the company is just the staggering amount of sculpts that we do per year. Like it, it 
is mind blowing. Like if you've ever walked into a game store and seen one of those like walls of Nolzer's miniatures, like we yeah. do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sculpts per year. And shockingly, they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, when we like, especially some of the newer stuff, like they, they're, they have 20 plus years of, um, high volume sculpting experience because Heroclix has been around for 20 plus years and every single year they do hundreds of Heroclix sculpts so like over the the decades they've really kind of perfected this and I don't, I don't know that you could do a game like Onslaught at a company without that kind of deep bench of expertise so there's a lot yeah. of pretty cool stuff that because I mean I, I remember when we were getting Legion off the ground we basically had to learn everything we had to figure it out we had to buy software we had to hire people who knew what they were doing. And it took a few years before the sculpt quality got really great. And I think yeah. now it's quite good. But like, you look back at sort of the early soft soft boys of the, the corset and, and, you know, they're not bad, but- um, Don't even, every, don't get me I'm, sorry about that, Alex. I was so <laughs> upset. That was one of the selling points of Legion was the soft plastic for me because I literally, all my Warhammer stuff, I would break everything all the time. And I was like, finally, soft plastic. I could drop Luke and it doesn't matter. His, <laughs> I just bend his sword back and everything's fine. And then you had to go and make better sculpts, you maniacs. <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take the blame for that. But good news, good. Jay. You will never have to worry about yes. hard plastic onslaught figures ever, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah, never be step on them all you want. That. Step right. on them all day. Clumsy Jay for the win. Woo. <laughs> you can just put them in your pockets and carry them around everywhere you go and pull yeah. them out when you want to play. Well, dude, you know what? Great segue because <laughs> this is one of the things I love about this is you know if you you had already talked about tournaments and events and stuff, you want to go play a tournament. You literally bring six guys with you and yeah. uh and their their cards and that's and their little car dials and boom, you're ready to go. And so like just being able to stick that in your pocket, and, like I was telling someone, like, oh, do you like would you play this? Like if we were gonna go to a you know, a, like an Adepticon, would you play? I go, Yeah, you play Legion, you know, and then what you do is you bring you bring onslaught and you go play a tournament of onslaught because it's literally gonna take up like this much of your <laughs> of your yeah. bag like it's gonna take up a gav tank size of your bag that's it yeah that's pretty accurate i mean you need you need the folded board you need the the six characters because you, you get to bring six characters and choose five after you see what mission you're playing you need their cards you need a pa- a deck of item cards and a small collection of level up cards and and yep. depending on the tournament you're going to you might need to bring a few monsters but yeah it's like probably 12 minis tops and a few peripheral things and you're good to go it's very yeah. very low uh um storage and, and, and transportable that's the dice. yeah to the two not D20. too many dice yep. <laughs> yes a refreshingly small number of dice yes indeed. <laughs> um oh and talk about those so the other thing i really like is the d20 match the factions so whatever faction you are you have matching dice to your faction which is really cool yeah that was just just something that we had the budget flexibility to do and i who doesn't love you know custom bespoke dice so we were Mm -hmm. able to put the little faction symbol on the 20 and every faction will have their own little yeah, their own little nice. unique set of dice with the faction symbol on it. So yeah. I think that's something 
that will be cool for D&D players too. Because if you're playing like a, you know, a Harper character in your D&D campaign or a Zentarum person, uh, Red Wizards or, you know, whatever, you'll have some custom dice that you can use should yeah. you so choose. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, and so um, I know you guys you guys have kind of put out the, there was the preview launch kit, which I'm uh, pretty excited about there. They've already put out, um, basically, it's a little tournament thing, and the rewards that you get are pretty sweet. And so, I mean, go ahead and tell people, like, about the, the, the Mimic one. I think that one's super cool. Yeah, the Mimic the mimic launch kit is really neat. We wanted to... Uh, and then tell me about start... that cat after you're done. Oh, my done gosh, this cat, he's the, he's the best. <laughs> he's the best. Look at this guy. He's got one eye. He's a Russian oh. blue. He's real sweet. Um, his so name is Mars. He it's, comes from uh, the trash. His name should have been Beholder. <laughs> well, I play, I toyed with Odin. <laughs> yeah. so this is what he. Odin that'd be pretty he, good. Yeah, what he came with. He's just he's such a derp though. He's really just not bringing that <laughs> Odin energy. So and he'd have to was, wear he'd have to wear an eye patch. His name too. was Mars. He would. Yeah. Uh, like one of it. these days, I'll go on Etsy and get him a little tiny leather eye patch for Halloween or something. Kitty cat eye patch. <laughs> there you yeah. go. With a cat, cat cross skull and bones. <laughs> I don't think I'm that person, but I might be that person. Yeah. We'll see. Just do it. Just be that person. <laughs> why, why are you trying to stop your inner self from coming it's out, true. Alex? It's true. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the best. I've sorry, had him for sorry. maybe four years. Uh, completely not, not much to tell. He likes to, to sit on the porch and hit stuff <laughs> off of tables. Normal cat stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man all right so anyways <laughs> mimic what, what preview was i talking kit. about mimic yes, preview right. kit. <laughs> uh yeah it's cool so there's there's um you know a big feature of the game is opening treasure chests and, and kind of drawing this random loot and sometimes what can happen is it can be you know it could be a bad situation if, uh if you've ever played dark souls or D D, you know how nasty uh treasure chest can be when it has teeth. Um, so yeah. one of the things that could happen is that you can uh, draw these these uh, red sort of event tokens. And one of the events that can happen in the core set is that instead of a, a nice trash, uh, treasure chest full of loot, it's a, it's a toothy monster. Um, the core set doesn't have any miniatures uh, to represent the mimic. So the launch kit gives you, yeah, my... <laughs> All the animals are here now. <laughs> I, I get I distracted them for a minute, but now I got this sheepdog. He brought his little toy sloth over, and he's sort of growling at me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sorry, Carl. I'm on, I'm doing a podcast, Carl. You don't know what that is, but it means that it's not sloth time. Yeah, launch kit. Launch kit is cool. <laughs> everybody gets everybody gets some cool prizes. Um, participation prizes yeah. and the, the the mimic sculpt for it is really awesome. Like it's a very very nifty little uh, little treasure chest, and so that you can use that mini instead of the token if you should happen to pull the mimic event out of the loot uh, loot pool. Yeah, and I guess you know one of the things I was really excited about too was not only the fact that there is an event kind of op system that you guys have planned, but that the fact that there's like really cool prizes that are being given mm -hmm. away. And you guys have really thought about that. And like, like at, uh, at, um, what were we just at PAX? Oh, at PAX, you guys had mm. the, the gold foil cards, which was super cool. And so like, I don't know, it's just 
having like these cool prizes already planned out and like thought about is what is I think really cool for the tournament system or, or event system, however, however it's going to be. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of like custom miniatures and, and winning actual miniatures at your miniatures tournaments. And it's just, it's not something we could ever really afford to do over at uh fantasy flight or, yeah. you know, they, they did not budget for it. I should say sure, sure. <laughs> when it came to their like OP kits and stuff. Um, but you know, I always wanted to do for like X-Wing to do like, you know, you win, you win a big tournament, you get a custom painted ship that nobody else will get, you know, a very small handful of people will get. And so that was something I was always wanted to do. Um, and, and luckily WizKids was very much on board with that idea. So a lot of the tournament kits will involve either, you know, bespoke, uh, pre-painted alternate paint jobs or actual new sculpts for your favorite characters. Uh, and I just think that's neat. So they, yeah. they put a lot of energy into their organized play system. I, if anybody out there has ever played Heroclix, they, you know that they have really, really amazing prizes. Like that's a big draw for a lot of those events um, is being able to win something very exciting in terms of sculpt and, and, and you know, figure power level and that kind of thing. So Onslaught, there, there's not going to be any sort of... Um, game advantage you know you, you can't go to a tournament and win a better character but you can go to a tournament and win a, a cooler sculpt or a unique sculpt for one of the you know one of the neutral monsters and stuff like that so yeah there's the launch kit that very shortly after launch there's going to be store support kits for people who want to run tournaments or leagues um foil cards and minis and just a lot of fun uh fun stuff to really hopefully hype players up and get that initial engagement because minis games really you know they really thrive on that initial engagement and so knowing that there's of course going to be a big push early on to get as many people interested as possible and sort of yep. build that community because that that's really everything that's that's what keeps the game alive that that's what keeps it interesting for people and so we're putting a lot of energy and resources behind that push yeah, yeah i think that's great and so for our listeners being mostly legion if you are going to adepticon uh, the WizKids will be running some of those tournaments and events at Adepticon. And so that'll be really cool to go sign up for that play. And you guys can and see firsthand how that whole OP system is going to work. I think that's going to be very exciting. Yeah, we're, we're going to be there doing demos. We're going to be selling stuff. Um, I, I can't remember exactly uh, or, or, or whether I'm, I'm able to sort of disclose exactly what's going to be there but but i'll just say generally one of the things that we are excited about is the opportunity to do convention specific events you know to do custom scenarios and yeah. stuff that you know are, are not going to be available outside of the convention maybe like a post online afterwards and that kind of thing but it'll just be this experience of like you go and you show up and you have no idea what you're going to be playing until you see you know at the same time as your opponent what yeah. that scenario is going to be and that's really fun that, that's pretty rare in the world of minis gaming where you're actually totally surprised by a scenario or by that kind of experience. Um, so yeah, we're just looking forward to designing cool encounters and various fun things for people to engage with both on the competitive side of things. And just as just kind of like fun one-offs, like yeah. team up with folks to take down a big monster, or like explore a new dungeon, that kind of thing, really kind of lean into that sort of role-playing aspect of things. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, okay. So when, 
can people buy this game? I believe the official release date is January 18th. Mm-hmm. We're on track for that. Um, you can pre-order, of course, at mm-hmm. uh, whizkids.com or through your friendly local gaming store. Um, and we made a lot of it, so hopefully it'll stay available for uh, at least a few months. Um, but it, if it is something you're really excited about, of course, grabbing it early is always uh, advised because print runs do run out, especially when you're launching a new game and you're not totally sure about what that initial demand is. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's coming soon. I'm, I'm kind of scrambling to get all the <laughs> tournament rules finalized and all the assets <laughs> ready for, for launch as yeah. well. So tomorrow I'm really going to hit the ground running uh, in the new year and, and finalize all that stuff. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be great. We uh, we will be putting out content so you guys can see that. Um, and then, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I, uh, I've i been playing it here. It's a great game. I highly recommend it. It's a nice, like, even if uh, you're not going to do the tournaments and stuff like that, it's a great game for home. Like, it's really easy to explain and, um, you know, really easy to put on the table and play at a game night. So... I highly recommend it. Again, we're going to be doing a ton of content. So stay tuned uh, on our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so I think it's time. I think it's time we talk Legion. <laughs> All right. I mean, that is that is this podcast. So thank you for yeah. indulging me on on Onslaught. I'm, I'm hyped for it. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited that you guys are excited. I'm looking forward yep. to the, the stuff that you produce. It's nice to be able, it's going to be nice to be able to read, you know, the Fifth Trooper blog about stuff that I worked on again. Um, yeah. I have been following some of the Legion stuff, but I'm, you know, obviously very out of the loop from a design perspective at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. You, you guys have got a lot of fun stuff in the pipeline. I'm looking forward to all that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's just a fun game. Like D&D in itself it's just like a fun world to explore and talk about. And there's just so much depth to it. And having uh, a semi-competitive miniatures skirmish game, <laughs> you know, really helps yeah. to, to to like ignite my excitement. Anyways, I, I'm super stoked about it. So um, I don't I know, know about you, Jay, but I just if I don't have a human being to crush and, and dominate and ideally <laughs> humiliate, the game just doesn't have as much luster. Yeah, so, that's exactly you know, I right. Like a, I like a dungeon crawl fine. And you can't really do that crawl... to, the, to the DM, you know, because it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's not really fair. Yeah. Like, no. yeah, that, that shouldn't be an adversarial relationship. Sometimes no, it is. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess there were those old like what, like Hackmaster tournaments where you would like yeah. bring your but that's that i don't think anyone even does that anymore it's so goofy it's i i kind of wish that i was like could go back in time and participate in one of those just to sort of see what it was see like, what it's like. Because, yeah i had a yeah. gr- growing up i had a dm like that and it was oh wow it was not fun <laughs> let's no, put it that no, way because they hold all the cards i mean it's yeah, not really, yeah literally yeah it's it's not really a, a fair fight no it's not <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't work. Why not? The floor is slippery. Yeah. I don't know. Your hand fell off. Sorry. Oh man. So So speaking of going back in time, let's let's go back, Alex, about five years, six years now. Let's talk about it's been that long. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. Let's talk about when you were first coming up with legion like what what was it besides uh 
capitalism that moved you in the direction <laughs> of <laughs> developing uh developing legion uh well i mean it just seemed like a no-brainer honestly like i i was at fantasy flight games starting in 2011 i want to say man that's it's crazy um and so you know for the first few years i was just kind of learning the ropes and and very happy to be a developer and i i was lucky enough to kind of position myself in the minis game side of things because the, there were sort of a nascent uh minis game uh stuff happening at fft which had never really happened before i think you know x-wing was really the well no that's not true dust warfare was a thing but it was not a huge hit it not a lot of people played it i did work on that game uh and it was a fun game and and i i certainly plagiarized for myself i was gonna say there's a lot of for similar <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, I, i'm a big believer in stealing from yourself if like you have an idea that doesn't succeed the way that you hope it will and then you have a better platform for it why not right keep forcing it down people's throats until it yeah, works until one of these days yeah yeah just big big fan of, it's like the foie gras method you just force feed force that's how i see you know that's how i see my fans and customers really ultimately Jay. it's just the the body's holding the fatty duck liver perfect that's right, that's right. oh god no so so um no, I, I, it was just one of those things. Like I worked on X-Wing for a long time, worked on Armada. And I was just kind of like, why don't we have a 40K kind of equivalent, right? Like, why don't we have a tabletop war game, classic hobby war game um, in this Star Wars setting? There was absolutely no reason not to do that. So I pushed for many, many years to make that happen. And um it kind of took it took sort of a a weird breakup with gw for that to occur because for a long time we were at ffg we were partnered up with games workshop and we were doing little stuff like the space hulk card game and like um there was a, a really cool living card game called conquest there was yeah. like a lot of yeah there's a lot of cool stuff but um forbidden stars at, one of my personal forbidden favorite board stars games. very good yep. game yes very good game that, that was designed by a good friend of mine uh uh couple good friends of mine actually um and i'm lucky enough to own one of those because i think they're very out of print at this point they are <laughs> but yep. yeah but um yeah so the the as x-wing became more and more popular and we sort of launched armada and stuff like that i think and 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 this is pure speculation on my part so don't in, interpret this as having any sort of inside knowledge but my assumption is that games workshop wasn't too keen on that and and i don't know the details but they sort of parted ways with us eventually and so they were no longer partnered up with us and i think that kind of cleared the path for actually doing a tabletop game that mm. was in direct competition with them in, the, in a way that like x-wing and armada were only sort of in competition with them so um a lot of things kind of had to to fall into place i was kind of in the right place at the right time but no i was i was 100 percent um pushing for that project and really really excited about it and like more excited than i've been to work on any other game because that's where i started as, as sort of like a, a deep nerd gamer i started with that that minis game stuff probably back in like 1996 or 7 with like cronopia and, and warzone and you know i i think my first painting my first minis i think i just used my mom's old 
oil paints and applied them to the bare <laughs> bare bare metal. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know, it was a very different era of wargaming. But yeah, that's what sort of sucked me in. So the the fact that I got to do a Star Wars one, like I will forever be grateful to karma or fate or fortune or whatever it is that put me in the right spot to do that um, because it's exactly what I wanted to do. And so I was, I was thrilled when, when it finally kind of fell into place. So what was, uh, what was one of the hardest things to develop in the beginning when, when you were coming up with the game? Uh, I think for, for me, I just, I wanted it to be different. Um, I wanted it to, occupy a unique space that didn't feel exactly like any of the myriad other games out there. Um, and so it was kind of a combination. It was sort of like, I kind of hesitate to call it finding a gimmick, but that's kind of what it was. Like, what is, what is going to set this apart? What is going to be a compelling thing? And um, I always kind of knew I wanted to do a hand of cards because I think that offers some pretty unique uh, gameplay experience um, that not a lot of traditional war games do. Um, you're starting to see a lot more of it actually with like GW's newest kill team mm. this and and like newer editions of 40k with like command points and stuff. Age of Sigmar has a lot of particular command abilities. So like it's not a totally unique idea, but when I was working on Legion, there just wasn't a lot of that out there. So that was sort of one part of the puzzle. And the other part of the puzzle was that I really wanted to figure out an alternate activation scheme because i've never liked games uh with one exception i've never liked games that involve you going with your entire army and doing everything and then your opponent does the same thing it just doesn't feel doesn't feel realistic or natural and it's a real feels bad if you are outmatched or just things are going badly and you literally just have to sort of sit there and take it for half an hour while they shoot you off the board it's just not as it's not as engaging so i knew i wanted it to be alternate activation and then the orders gimmick is something that I just sort of came up with at a certain point in development when I wasn't happy with the way that um, alternate activation worked without any sort of element of randomness. And I think that was kind of the thing that um, that was really the thing that sort of like from a design perspective where things sort of falling into place, because that was I was able to pair the command card system with the order system and uh those two things working together, I think is a big part of what gives Legion its kind of unique feel because most of the other stuff in Legion is, um, is not all that, you know, different or special, right? Like you roll dice for attacks, you roll dice for a defense, you know, cover is pretty much exactly how it worked in dust warfare. It's just a very simple, effective system. Um, you know, my cat is attacking the camera lens. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, 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 put a lot of the creative energy into getting that order and command card system right. Um, once I had a workable set of dice and like a functional unit card and that kind of thing, like that, that was kind of all I was looking for on that level. Mm. And there's a lot of little sort of quality of life improvements, like um, moving a whole unit at once using the leader. Um, but that was just stuff that I wanted to implement because I don't like moving 80 guys individually around a board and measuring for every single one of them. So there's just a lot of stuff that annoyed me as a war gamer that I tried to smooth over, but I wouldn't say any of that is really like integral to the design. That just kind of like makes your life a little easier while yeah. you're playing the game. Um, so, yeah. So, so, I mean, but it went through iterations, right? Like the first idea I had was that every single unit would be actually unique. 
So like, instead of having ranks, we, you would just put out, like, if you had a 10 activation list, you'd put out the number one through 10 on every single one of your units. And then uh, you would, when you went to the stack, you, and you drew a, a number, you'd have to activate that unit. So the command phase <laughs> was way more important in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but it was, that was too chaotic. It was like too random and not very fun and fiddly. And so it just sort of eventually turned into the, the rank system, which is just like a little bit of chaos, but there's a lot of ways that you can mitigate that um, through command cards or droid activations or various other other things. So I think it ends up in a pretty good spot. I know that if it had stayed, if it had stayed the number system, I don't, I think the game would have done a lot, a lot worse because yeah. I think it would have been, I would not have liked that. A pretty huge <laughs> oh, it was a bad, it was a bad idea. Like there, there's a lot of bad ideas that kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. So, and a couple of good ones that I wish had made it in, but um, uh, one in one in particular that I think would have uh, made things a little bit more interesting. I, at, at one point, I had a critical defense symbol on the defense die, so that like, but but I, as I was going through development, like I couldn't think of it of anything else for it to do except for to ignore Pierce. But it turns out that would have been enough. Like that's yeah. all it would have had to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of wish I had kept it right, so that like <laughs> even if you're getting pierced, you have a one in six chance of in, you know maybe blocking that shot. I think that would have, and it would have been a fun thing because you could have you could have made surges surge to critical successes on the defense as well and that would have given you a little more granularity and unit design and stuff so that is the one thing that i really wish i had kept that i cut everything else that i cut i'm pretty glad it's gone or i felt like neutral about it but that is the one where i'm just like ah, i should have just kept it <laughs> even though i and i'm sure i could have thought of other things for it to do you know later down the line but um yeah, that's that's one of the ideas that just didn't quite make it in, and and because uh, I'm a big believer in like tearing things down to their simplest form, but I do wish I'd kept that in the game. <laughs> Kyle, you got you want a question, Kyle? Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle I just turn. I'm just envisioning I'm crit, to remember, crit, like, crit to block on the yeah crit to block. I know it was in the game. It was in the alpha test. <laughs> Yeah. I cut it in beta. So so that's what really that's what swoops really do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I mean sorry. I, I, I had more. I all right, okay, I got fine. it, Kyle. Jeez. Jay's got it. Well boy, Kyle just fell right off a cliff. <laughs> Good lord! Um, all right, so what was uh, what was your favorite army to play, or maybe still is? I don't know. I I, I am actually working on a, a rebel army very very slowly, and now that it's been you know it's it's not quite so so raw or upsetting that it's not it's not my my baby anymore. Um, I have been meaning to kind of get back into it from a, a play perspective, but uh, I, I always like rebels i think um i like armies that have to do weird goofy stuff to win like i would describe myself as a real johnny player in magic which is kind of mm -hmm. like someone who just likes to to build weird contraptions one of the favorite games that i had against luke was a uh like a 500 point skirmish game when we were testing those rules out and i had cassian and k2 and k2 just like tanked everything uh and, and like and, and cassian's danger sense kept him on the board and he just poured 
like three turns of fire into them and just could not kill Cassian <laughs> um, because it was it was all the like you know all the all the the pairings and the the danger sense and the the card that K two can play to absorb fire and like it was just it was it was yep. all of that going really right for me and it felt great so I love that kind of stuff I love Lando that's a Luke character but he's very near and dear to my heart like he's very hard to use well um almost all the rebel commanders with a few exceptions are high skill uh floor but also like high skill ceiling like if you do the right thing and you put them in the right place they can be very very effective um there are a couple that are just good like operative luke it's just gonna be good he's (laughs) he's not too tricky he's just 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 very very quality luke skywalker Um, like what, yeah, you know, yeah yeah what do you want he should be he should be just, just yep. baseline great um but you know han solo and, and lando and, and cassian and, and jen and all those characters are appealing to me because they are harder to use successfully so i like the rebels a lot. probably my second favorite is the, the droids because i think they're the most unique they're probably the army i'm proudest of from a design standpoint because i really think they function they feel like an army of robots Mm. And they feel like battle droids from Star Wars. I I, I think you know. Yep. Uh, if, if you disagree, uh, don't at me. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you disagree, he doesn't care. Turns out. <laughs> good luck. Good luck finding me online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I really like how the droid rules function, and I I think if I if I had to pick a faction that I think has been the best balanced internally throughout the history of the game, I, I would think the separatists are like a- almost all our units are pretty interesting. Uh, you know, some of them didn't really shine right away. Like droid Eka's at a hundred points was not viable, but like, right away. With, you mean with a little, they're, they're still bad. <laughs> yeah, they're still, they're bad. still yeah. bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel bad about droid Eka's. I wish I'd made them cooler. Sorry, everybody. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> but as a, as a whole, I like the mechanics. I like the way they work. I think they're a fun army. So I like to play. Those are probably my two favorites. Nice. The way, probably the followed by, probably followed by clones, probably followed by empire. I like empire a lot, but they're very like, they're like the baseline army. Like they're just, they're the most simple army and yep. just sort of the goal for them was just to be simple, effective, um, and just feel like kind of a, a difficult to deal with force um, that kind of could do everything. Yep. And at the moment they sure can do success. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Say that one got nailed. That's someone that is currently playing blizzard force. I got no complaints. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I take no credit nor blame for that particular uh, subsection. Perfect. <laughs> so I'd like to just ask you this really important question. Um, where did you get the idea? Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow, cat, cat paw in the air. That looks like a back leg, which means... I think butt cleaning is. You know what's going on. Yeah. You know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is what this is what animals do. They're like, you're. You seem busy. I'm going to sit right next to you and attend to my personal hygiene. For those of you on our YouTube channel, you you're getting a show, uh, a real show. You're getting Mars Cam. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Oh man, he's, he's more interesting than I am. So. So, so Alex, I want this on the record. I have said <laughs> for the last couple of years 
that you and Luke very much stole the battle forces from me and Evan. Is that true or false? <laughs> false. But I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Luke stole it and he yeah. just whispered it to me. <laughs> In, like Inception. Yeah. 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 He may have incepted that into my brain. Yep. Um, I think that was a case of parallel development, but I, don't know. <laughs> I can't say for sure. Oh, come on. You could say. Just say it. You're like, you're like, it's all you, Jay. You invented it and I stole it. Thank you. Thank you. That's all all I wanted. Finally coming. Finally. I had you on. This is all I wanted. Oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. Can you stop stop sending me angry letters? (laughs) No, (laughs) I can't. I'm, I'm obsessed with them now. I had to get a P.O. box. I had to move twice. I I think you're right. I mean, it may, it just makes so much sense. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. Like eventually that is what had to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing new, right? Like there are, there are sort of bespoke sub faction kind of ideas in almost every major minis game, certainly in in the big games workshop ones. I mean, if anything, I think I probably stole it from Warhammer fantasy because they yeah. they used to do, I mean, that's there was like a, a, a sub, right. Yeah. There's yeah. like a sub faction for empire, like Middenheim and had a few yeah. different rules and it was just like, okay, well this, you know, this province has a, it does war just a little bit differently. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like that stuff. And, and I always wanted it to be in Legion um, when applicable. I mean, I think star Wars didn't have a lot of that until recently, but um from the films of course you've got stuff like hoth is a is a pretty is a no-brainer but with the with the new media and, and some of the newer stuff like um saws uh renegades would be a yep. great sub-faction be amazing um, you know there 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 are some cool ideas that you could do with you know with a post return of the jedi empire yep. you know uh, a, a sub-faction that was going to bring in some mercenaries and 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 like you know supplement the diminished ranks of the of the loyal empire troops with some other weird stuff so there's a lot of opportunity there and i think when it's done right it adds a lot to the game and it it, it, what it should be doing is it should be giving you um far fewer options and as a as a counterbalance to that some some bonus abilities um but they're tricky to balance because a lot of times um, they're either too weak because you've taken away too many good options and they're not capable of really working anymore, or they're too strong because you've given them too many bonuses to compensate for those lack of options. So as with anything, it's it's a matter of balance. And um, one of the things I'm really happy about with mo- modern wargaming in general is that they have finally kind of universally embraced the idea of updating stuff and making patches and changing balance. And, and I think that's really important. I think... Yeah. You know, a lot of big companies resisted that for many years, but like everybody's doing it now, which is yep. good. It's definitely a good thing. Yeah. I mean, even GW, like their business model for decades was basically like shut up and buy our stuff. Yeah. Wait and... for the next codex. Maybe chaos will be good again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, it is still an unbalanced mess, but it's definitely not from lack of trying. Like, they put out articles themselves on their community page that's like meta watch articles where they analyze stuff yeah. that happened recently like they just talk heard of for a games workshop yeah, yeah right. tournament scene like they just pretended that didn't exist right yeah. warhammer war, war is a game to be played with your mates over a beer and if you're thinking yeah. too hard about it you're doing it wrong <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> perfect 
That was a perfect. <laughs> I'm sure it was a spot on British accent. No yeah. flaws. That was pretty I, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Johnny Warhammer himself, CEO of James, James, James Workshop. Workshop. James Workshop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They finally realized the tournaments sell miniatures. <laughs> so. And it's like, it's not everybody's going to play a tournament. I mean, I think it's like 10% of people who yeah. are interested, but it drives that it drives everything else even if you're just a casual player like i i sort of kind of sometimes think about playing age of sigmar and i will still read up on the meta and the tournament mm -hmm. reports and stuff like i i've never even played a 2000 point game i don't know that i'll ever go to a tournament for that game but like it's still fun to pay attention to well it's, it gives you most, something to kind of aspire to it's the most visible part of yeah. the game yeah yeah Right. Well, well, and that's like when somebody walks into a convention or into their local game store and they see the tournament being played and they see all the cool models, they're like, what's that? And then it sells it, whether they come and play the tournament, too. You're still at least selling the box and getting into it. Where are we going, Alex? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shaggy dog. Um, I, had get, I had to get my shaggy dog on the channel. Perfect. Yeah. So is. uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah free topics there, today really yeah there, <laughs> i mean even just at pax like there were a ton of people you know that's that's obviously a convention that uh draws a lot of people that aren't even necessarily miniatures gamers because it's a board gaming convention but yeah. there were a ton of people just walking by the legion tables and doing kind of like the walk and then like stop and come back and be like whoa like what is this you know is this is yeah this is a star wars miniatures game what is it like tell me about it um like that, that happened sucked, a ton at the tournament gaming yeah. yeah that's what sucked me into warhammer when i when i moved to the twin cities for college i remember walking i mean very vivid, vividly remember walking by uh phoenix games in uptown and they had a big window that was like that spanned the whole store <clears> and they were doing like the siege of middenheim and so there were like 20 people there was a huge castle there were like like a thousand miniatures and i'm like what in the what is this and, and then i went and and i bought a bunch of stuff like basically immediately so i think that's very true it's like when you see something that you haven't really seen before and the tables at pax looked amazing the legion tables there were some i, I went around and took some pictures because there were some really stunning ones um and yeah. that's the kind of cool thing that happens with a wargaming community is like you will build a library of cool shit yeah. And Legion is very much, you know, at that point has been for a while. Like you have a lot of people who put a lot of work into doing really creative, cool stuff. And tournaments is kind of where that stuff comes out. Yeah. And even yep. if you're not a big competitive guy, just going to a tournament and even if you lose every game, just getting to play on cool tables and see everything that's, you know, painted up. And, and, and that's a, that's a big draw for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's great. Those tables were all beautiful. Those are all Nick Brobner's tables. He's, but um, he's cr I'm, he no, I call him Brobner. I, I think you're doing it. it on purpose at this point. I am doing it on purpose. <laughs> I told him he's like he's like the 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 faction from Keyforge. I go, so I'm calling him Brobner from now on. <laughs> um, all right, one last question. Well, Rick Grognard did a great job. Yeah, Rick Grognar. <laughs> oh, he's going to hate this so much and it makes me so happy. <laughs> All right, here's my final question. Are you ready? Lay it on me. What game, not your own, is your favorite game to play right now? 
I'm going to say Infinity. Infinity nice. is great. Um, it is about as it's pretty much the, the, the deepest end of the swimming pool when it comes to wargaming because the rule set is very alien. Um, it's doing a lot of things that no other game does. Um, the active turn, reactive turn, nature of the game, the way that like every single enemy figure can shoot mm -hmm. at you if you do anything. Uh, and, and the way that you kind of have to position and sort of stack active turn bonuses. It's, it's kind of like some, it's kind of like your opponent, you take turns, your opponent builds a fortress and you try to break in and then you try to have enough actions left over to build your own fortress when it goes back over to their, their turn. And earlier I was talking about hating turns where you move your whole army and, and then your opponent moves their whole army. Yeah. And there's something about infinity that I should hate even more than that, which is that um, <laughs> a single miniature in your army can take every action in your turn. Yeah. So you can have one guy Rambo through the entire enemy force and it, it feels very wrong from the sort of simulationist perspective. And it's like, it's like doing everything wrong, right. On the face of it. But because it's brave enough to do that and because it's really well balanced and really interesting within the context of infinity, it works. So when you have a turn like that and you have one character, like I, I run, uh, I run JSA uh, and Akari company and I never leave home without Yojimbo yeah. who is basically uh, it was basically a, 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 an artificial intelligence watched a lot of Kurosawa movies and made a fake version of Yojimbo from those films and put him on a motorcycle in the far future. And if he's in the right place, he can carve through an entire enemy force. And it took me a long time to get into the game. It took me a long time to figure out what I was doing with the game, but it feels very anime. Like, you know, one anime character just doing a million billion things and then seven people fall down dead. You know, and, and so within that context, it's great. It's very tactical. There's a lot of different ways to win. It's very objective based. Uh, if you're a big minis game fan, I would encourage you to give it a try. The rule set is a lot cleaner than it used to be. The fourth edition of the game or N4 or whatever they're calling it is very fun. Um, probably my favorite currently running minis game that i didn't design <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh, i'll tell you um i was playing a lot before legion came out i was playing oh, okay. pan oceana and uh oh sure yeah and just because the crusaders oh my god like that yeah and then the max but you should like, give the new military orders a try they revamped right. the whole line they're super fun all right they I'll got better and, it. and more interesting it's they, your fault yeah. that i don't play it still because <laughs> literally it came out i was like well and i put that in a box and yep. have not taken it out since <laughs> so <laughs> so but you were playing back probably back in n3 i yeah. had to guess yep i think the game's gotten better it's definitely got its rough edges still it's definitely a lot to process but i think it's a smoother experience there's a lot yeah. less a lot of less like technical stuff they cut a bunch of rules that were kind of redundant they got rid of a lot of kind of unfair and confusing war gear options it's yeah. it's a more approachable experience without having and it hasn't really lost any of the the tactics i don't think well yeah it's just an interesting time right because i was coming out of fantasy because fantasy moved to age of sigmar and i had no interest yeah. and so i started playing infinity 
and the buildings like all that's terrain the terrain is so beautiful for that game and so and then legion came and i was like oh we can move this terrain over to legion too and so that you know it was just like this weird mix between fantasy and infinity at that time and so yeah but yeah yeah the same thing happened to me i mean um i was huge into warhammer fantasy uh and when that got exploded and became the age of sigmar i i really didn't like the first stab at it which was basically you know five rules written on a cocktail napkin and pretending to be a game but i i feel like sigmar has clawed its way into something that's kind of interesting like i actually have been playing a little bit of age of sigmar lately it's doing its own thing i have my criticisms of it but it is but it is fun and i think is a genuinely interesting game um and i like where they're going with their more sort of specialist games too like um Warcry is pretty interesting. I mean, it borrowed a lot from Saga and stuff like that, but it's um, it's light, it's fun, it's fast. Yes. First edition was probably a little unbalanced and a little too simple, but they just came out with a new edition that feels pretty fun. And I think Kill Team is an excellent game. I think Kill yeah, Team is actually very, very good. Um, it's the first, you know, GW game in a long, long time that I would give kind of an A grade to because it's got a lot going for it and it's doing a lot of really fun stuff with the equipment phase and like the selecting cards and it it does a lot of stuff that that onslaught does where you get to kind of tailor things based on the mission you're playing which i think is a really smart idea and and makes things really interesting so i'm looking forward to playing more of that um i think it's a really good time for minis games like across the board there's a lot of good stuff out there Right, yeah, um, and and onslaught is is I think it's poised to be a really fun experience. I'm really looking forward to seeing tournaments, yeah, and seeing what people do. Oh. It's going to take a little bit before it gets really really interesting because, uh, you know, eventually every faction will have 14 characters to choose from. So at that point, assembling the six characters that you want to bring to a tournament and then picking the five characters or, or however many the mission specifies for each game is going to be really really interesting. And yeah. I think that's when the, the meta will emerge. Um, but, you know, right out of the gate, I think um, once there are sort of four factions with six characters each, I think even that is going to be deep enough. It took Legion a long time to get interesting, if, if I'm being honest. Like, it probably took a solid year. It was about a year, I would say. Like, Agreed. any real variety. Yeah. Um, that's yep. just sort of the pace of manufacturing and releasing. But I think Onslaught's going to be pretty compelling right out, of the, right out of the gate, which I think is a really good thing. Yep. And it's just the nature... It's just a smaller game. You just, you know, you can put out a lot more options a lot faster. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And like, you you know, for those of you in the box, there's six scenarios and they're all great and they're great to play and fun. But like, I'm way more excited about the future and like the tournament structure and all that stuff. Like, I think that's where this game's really going to shine. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, well, we're going to have six tournament scenarios uh, up at launch. We're going to have... you know, awesome. in short order, some some new uh, new scenarios that players can in, engage in. One of the things we're trying to do is kind of tap into that giant wall of minis and create content for yeah. pre-existing sculpts so that you can just buy like a really cheap, you know, little packet that has cards and rules and stuff in it and then go out and, you know, if you want to go and acquire the miniatures that go along with that, you can or you can proxy or whatever. But yep. that's that's a way that we can put out a lot more content 
a lot quicker because we don't have to manufacture that. We already did. And we right. already have a huge backlog that we can, you know, lean on. So yep. there's going to be a lot, there's gonna be a lot of that kind of thing where it's like, Hey, do you have this ogre and the beholder and, you know, or a lich or whatever? Well, you can play this free scenario or yep. you can go out and buy this packet that gives you a whole new campaign. Um, so it's, it's a, it's definitely something that's going to have more content than a new minis game usually would, which I think is important. I agree. hundred percent. I'm really excited. Are those, are those six tournament scenarios you mentioned, are those like specifically designed for that context and not ones that are just yeah. like copied from the campaign book? Yeah, exactly. So, um, a lot of them are reminiscent of the campaign book. Like, uh, there's, there's an Etten confrontation there's um, a loot recovery mission but the idea is to try to get them down to 90 minutes or under mm -hmm. uh, and and to remove a lot of the sort of um more chaotic elements Ooh. to try to t t tune them into being more of a, of a competitive thing um and the biggest thing though is just getting the time down like the, there's only yes. six rounds yeah tournament scenarios are six rounds instead of eight um there's a lot less set up and there's a lot less um extraneous stuff going on um but i think that they kind of preserve the essence of some of the most fun scenarios in in the core set like there's a there's a horde one there's an Atten one and then there's a loot recovery one and there's a few that are just unique um yeah. that are not uh not referencing any existing scenarios but that's another thing like we can we can just continue to design new ones as tournament seasons go on and I think um, eventually I, I hope we'll be in a position like Infinity is where they have, you know, they have many, many, many years worth of pretty balanced and popular missions. And then every season they can just pick a, a set. Yeah. They, they'll pick like 14 of them or whatever. And they'll add a special like seasonal rule that keeps things interesting. And that's just a cool place to be. Yep. Um, so we're going to try to basically fill out that side of things as quickly as we can. Um so yeah, the goal is just to keep people on their toes and to keep the game interesting and to not have those kind of lulls or doldrums that you have as a lot of games, you know, spin up. Yeah. Um, kind of learning from learning from experience and just <laughs> leveraging some of the tools that we have and some of the the nature of this game is going to make it easier to get it up to speed a lot quicker. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this. I'm so. Excited yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm psyched too. I'm. I'm really curious to see what sort of consensus emerges in terms of like what faction is the best or what characters yeah. are the best to pick. And that's always a lot of fun to kind of like yeah. see people like, cause it, it, it's, it's been getting a lot of testing, but I mean, we're still talking about hundreds of people instead of many thousands of people. And right. there's always uh, stuff you didn't expect. Uh, and that, yeah. I find that pretty oh, yeah. interesting when it hits the, the wider audience. Cause you can predict with a certain degree of accuracy, what's going to happen. But a lot of stuff about Legion surprised me. A lot of stuff that I thought was going to be strong wasn't. A lot of stuff that I thought was okay was maybe overpowered. And, and it's, <laughs> it's always interesting to see what people end up actually doing with it. Yeah, I'm excited. Kyle, are you excited? I am. As honestly, as someone that <laughs> has always loved and played D&D, like from the days of my youth, but has not had time to like properly do a DD campaign since i had entirely too many kids for that purpose um <laughs> i've always like really enjoyed the tactical aspect of it and now this is just a nice like bite-sized thing yeah. that i can kind of sink my teeth into um and enjoy that way instead of 
uh, you know, having to go through like a whole, not that, not to disparage the full D and D experience, which I'm very much sad that I have not had the time and the bandwidth to do recently, but, um, you know, this feels like a great, uh, kind of outlet for that. So, yeah, I, I think so too, cause I'm, I'm the same way. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't have children except for these, these beasts, but, um, I haven't really played much D and I'm in a sort of zoom ish campaign right now, but we, uh, even, even with, um, you know, remote remoting in and, and roll 20 and that kind of thing, it's still pretty hard to yeah. get a session going. Yep. Um, but I, I played probably like one campaign freshman year of college and I haven't played since then just because I, I very long ago made the choice that I wanted to do war games instead. Mm. I didn't really have time to, for both. Yeah. Um, so, but for me, it's, it's great because like, exactly. I, I love D and D and it's really fun to have that kind of forgotten realms adventure um, that I, you know, I remember like playing Baldur's Gate when I was a kid and it's yep. like, it feels very nostalgic, but also very contemporary in terms of the way that it's, it's rules are built. It doesn't feel like, going back in time and playing hero quest or something like it's, yeah, it's yep. things have evolved right gaming yep. has evolved and so it scratches that nostalgia itch but it's very much a modern game design with a lot of really well thought out rules and it's a pretty competitive experience if you get really into it you can kind of play for fun or you can think about every single thing because yep. every single turn there's going to be a whole <laughs> lot of new stuff we well, have done both over here yeah. <laughs> and i'm sure it won't surprise you to know that the first thing i did after reading this rule book was i started looking at all the hero cards and comparing yep. them to each other yep yeah actually I've, now i've got i've got some questions for you actually kyle because um you do have that kind of you know laser brain when it comes to statistical analysis and, and stuff like that so if you could point, I want you to make a prediction. I want you to tell me what the most <laughs> busted character from the Harpers and the Zentarum are. One character from each faction, if you think any uh, of them stand out above the others. So I, I hesitate to do this because um, <laughs> I have not actually played the game yet. All I've done is look okay. at the stuff. So I don't want to like, even though I could make a judgment call just based on looking at the cards, um, I'm not sure entirely we'll how fair time. that would be. Okay. We'll give you some time. Well, we'll and we'll for check the listeners and for Alex, we <laughs> we are writing. Uh, we're going to be putting out articles. Yep. Starting the beginning of end of January, beginning of February on the game, and we're going to be breaking down every character for for each faction. Um, so yeah, I look forward to that. I'll be very happening. curious to see what you guys think because my my opinion has changed. Uh, there are some characters that I used to write off that I now think in the right circumstances are amazing. And there's some characters that were like auto includes for me that I've started to have some second thoughts about in certain scenarios. So I, I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to hear what people's opinions are. I do think that there are some standouts. There are certain characters that, you know, are kind of faction defining and almost always worth taking, but um, yeah, especially as more expansions and stuff come out, I think we're going to see some very different approaches to the game and very different play styles. Yes, indeed. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we kept you long enough. You feel you feel yeah. satisfied and fulfilled with your visit. I'm sated, Jay. Jay, I am sated. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Well, <laughs> land this plane, Kyle. All right. <laughs>
Alex is going to be super familiar. I'm going to let Alex do the sign off because. Uh, right. um, but uh, we are the notorious counters. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. I'm Alex. And what are we? You don't remember. Uh-oh. You don't is remember? It- <laughs> I don't it's, remember the thing. It's it's yours. We stole it from you. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> oh, oh, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs> I think Luke invented that. Oh man, that did he? Okay, bad. maybe we stole it from Luke. Yeah. <laughs> well, he stole it from a pack of, uh, of yeah, Stay yeah. Fresh cheese bags. Right. So. Yeah, I'm familiar with the the image <laughs> of the Stay Fresh cheese bags, but anyway. well, I biffed it. But but Stay <laughs> yeah. Fresh cheese bags. I guess I'm sorry. I put you on the spot back. for that one. No, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. Torture him. That's what we're gonna do with our guests from now on. Just torture yeah. them. All right. This was pretty light. Yeah. This was pretty light torture, Daddy. Okay. And with that, we're signing <laughs> off.